Welcome to the Achieve Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Feldman, and each month we explore the research, strategies, successes, and even the failures behind some of today's best fundraising and marketing for causes. As we explore each one of these, we'd like to invite different types of guests that will explore their own unique takes on what really works today and will leave us a little intrigued on what they're working on for the future. This podcast is supported in partnership with the Festival of Children Foundation. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Achieve Podcast. Today we're going to be exploring what's happening with fundraising campaigns today from Director of Fundraising Strategy, Heather Perdue. Hi Heather, welcome. Thanks for joining. Well, thanks for having me. Now, I have had the lucky privilege to work with you while at Achieve, of course, and uh, um, and in fact, I think you and I have known each other for a while as in the fundraising field, both from the School of Philanthropy, some networks and friends and, and others, but for those that may not know you, can you give some background? Tell everybody about how you kind of got to, to doing what you're doing now with, with advising on fundraising campaigns. Sure. Um, so my role at Achieve is the Director of Fundraising Strategy. I'm fairly new on staff. I haven't logged a year just yet. Um, but my career has been in the nonprofit field and most of that time has been spent in fundraising in some capacity. Um, really across the board, I have worked probably most intensely on the annual fund side, but then have also had the pleasure of working on the corporate and foundation relations side in some major gift work and even dabbled a bit in some plan giving work as well. Wonderful, wonderful. So you are the person that has been in charge of a lot of these campaigns, obviously. And so this is about what are we hearing today? So let's let's kind of back up a little bit in terms of talking about fundraising campaigns in general around multi-channel campaigns. Because I think the major topic is still, you know, how do these all still coordinate, work together? And I think my first question around that is, is direct mail still working really well with the online environment that you and I have been talking about? I think so. I think for the organization that has a pretty big audience, um, it's a great way to promote annual giving and to establish some kind of cycle or cadence to the annual fund donors. Um, we do have the good pleasure of working with some smaller based organization that can do a lot of small scale outreach that have a very active mobilized base of volunteers who can go beyond direct mail. But for anyone who has a larger mailing list or is looking at something like a list buy when they're thinking of thousands of donor prospects, um, direct mail and then additional materials to go along with that, whether that be electronic communications or social solicitations, um, is still an effective way to keep that annual fund engine running. Sure. So let, let's talk about the acquisition environment right now. I mean, there's a lot in the field uh, which comes to retention issues, acquisition, and so forth. Are you seeing uh, organizations that we've been working with losing donors? I mean, where, where are we on the retention side? So on a national level, donor retention is at 45%, which to me, if I were a director of development, I would be incredibly concerned about that. Um, I've heard some statistics that donors are rolling over, your annual fund donors are rolling over about every two years. 
However, I will say um, at Achieve, we really dive in and do some pretty hefty analysis with all of our clients. And I have not seen a client with a retention rate that low. Most of the clients that we work with are hovering somewhere between 50 and 75% retention, which is a much more encouraging statistic. So um, I don't know if that's just the good work of these organizations on the stewardship side and relationship side. Um, but I am not seeing a whole lot when we actually get into the nitty gritty of organizations who have retention below that 50% threshold. Yeah. Yeah. And, and is there anything in particular that you've noticed with some of the clients that have, I would say a best practice or something that you've noticed has done really, really well in terms of this? To keep retention a little higher. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, I think a lot of that happens on the stewardship side just that ongoing communication of keeping donors connected to the cause. Um, You know, I think there are ways that an organization could be really sophisticated in the way they approach retention. And um, while they're also always, of course, keeping the acquisition moving. Um, But more often than not, it just comes down to kind of those tried and true best practices, making sure that donors feel connected to the cause that they understand what their gift support does um, and that they really know what they are giving to. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about some acquisition environments. Um, so in terms of, in, in terms of the acquisition programs, we, we do a lot of acquisition campaigns and such. Uh, mm-hmm. Always get asked around the buying of direct mail lists and so on. Where are you right now on that idea of buying names and contacts and doing those through campaigns? Well, um, I know we, the two of us have had some <laughs> ongoing discussions about this. Um, I am not a huge fan of the list buy unless it's something that the organization can really afford to do time and time again. Um, and I'll say this with a little bit of a, a disqualifier here. A lot of the clients that I'm working with now, um, when they look at their budget for annual acquisition, the tools that are going to be a lot more affordable to them might be some work that they can do on the digital or social side than spending a lot of time and resources on the list buy side. Um, so more often than not, we find that when we talk with our clients about here is here are the considerations you need to have if you're thinking about a list buy, when push comes to shove, they don't go that route. Now, there's always exceptions to the rule. Right now, we are in the midst of running a campaign for an organization that decided to go the list by route because they have the resources for it. Um, It's something that they know they can pursue for at least the next several years. And they also can do communication to that list by um, not just through solicitation appeals, but through event invitations, newsletters, other communications to that same audience. Um, So more often than not, I am not a huge advocate for the list buy, um, but for the most part, it's because when we work with our clients, they're working with a smaller budget. They need to think critically about their printing expenses or postage expenses, and so they opt to pursue acquisition through other ways. Sure, sure. And what about in terms of some of the online campaigns related to Facebook and so forth that our colleague Rye was working on? Where are you right now in terms of some of the digital Facebook environments to use 
Facebook Business Manager or other elements to do some very specific targeting of campaigns. That is a huge opportunity. Um, and I'll use a very practical example. Sure. We ran a giving day campaign for a small to medium sized organization in April. Um, and, and I'll let the numbers speak for themselves. Um, this group had 292 total donors to their campaign. Um, a hundred of those were new donors. And we know that of those new donors, 40 of them were from Facebook ads. Right. Um, so they really pursued that acquisition through social channels, uh, kind of in that same vein. What we also know is that a lot of organizations um, might be equipped to do that, but they just need to build some internal staff knowledge about how to do it. And so that sure. to me is the real linchpin there. Um, that just seeing how digital marketing can be leveraged for new donor acquisition is a really powerful tool, but you do need to have the brain power either on staff or through hired help, um, in order to really employ that strategy. So if you had to stack both of them, right? So let's just say an organization comes to you, they historically may have over time, uh, done bot list, right? Direct mail bot list, did some acquisition mm -hmm. that way. Now we're hearing about, hey, we should use the digital ad buys, uh, digital advertising through this like lookalike audience and so on. Wh where do you lean? Do them all, obviously, if you could, or you know, if you had to pick and choose, is it, is, does it come down to that right now? So if I start my decision tree, I think one of the first things I would look at is the organization brand. Because automatically through a list buy, you need to assume that the individual who's receiving that solicitation has no special knowledge of the cause or the work that you do. And right. I know automatically every good, great fundraiser out there is going to say, everyone loves what we do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have a lot of fans and that's good. And every fundraiser should feel that way. Um, however, Come, looking on the outside end, one of the first things I will do is look to see how strong is that brand. So when that letter lands in somebody's mailbox, will they look at it and know immediately exactly what that organization does to benefit others, whether that be in their city or in their community, whatever it may be. Um, from there, depending on the answer to that question, if the answer is, well, you know, there's not a lot of brand awareness, then I might look to the online environment because it lets you customize a new audience in ways that a list buy never would. It allows you to create lookalike audiences, which would be people who behave and are interested in very similar things as their donor audience. Um, a list buy isn't going to afford you that. Now, if somebody will go on the, the opposite side. If somebody has a lot of brand awareness and the organization and the work that they do is very well known, then a list buy might be a really good option for them. But of course, because a lot of the online strategies can be so affordable, I mean, my preference, of course, would be why not both? If you really have the brand awareness to do a list buy, adding to that, what you can do online would be more power to the punch, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about some of the creative and the design elements in the writing pieces. Anything new there? Obviously, this audience has heard me talk a lot about some of the fundamentals that we practice. But 
Anything in particular lately that you've noticed may be working a little bit more or, or is it still tried and true what we what we know? Honestly, I think a lot of it is pretty tried and true in terms of writing as well as design. And I say that based on the best practices that we follow. Um, sure. By that, in the writing, of course, I mean telling a beneficiary story, keeping writing very simple, concise, um, using design techniques to really um, illustrate the message that you're trying to get across. Um, really following a lot of those best practices, I think, is pretty consistent. Um, I know there's been some tests done recently that play with different design um, ideas, whether that be a much more traditional design for a direct mail appeal versus maybe a more updated or modern one. What we're finding through tests is that the ones we've run, they, of course, have performed pretty similarly. There hasn't been enough evidence to say, oh, nope, the standard direct mail is done and we're moving on sure. to this design instead. But of course, anytime an organization has the chance to play with that, to run some kind of test, to try a different design, to me, it absolutely would be worth taking the chance to see how a new updated design or, or copy component might perform through a test group versus your traditional control group. Absolutely. So one of the things that I wanted to get your opinion on is in terms of the typical packages and everything else that you're seeing, uh, anything new that you've been seeing out there right now, whether it be postcard pieces or other elements that you've seen added value to the campaign? Honestly, not too much comes to mind for me that's um, new added value outside of, of course, there's some testing being done. So, sure. for example, um, we just saw a campaign concept, not by a client, but something that came across to them where it, they really departed from the traditional direct mail letter and instead did a much more um, kind of flyer or poster concept. Um, the effects of that is that the copy was drastically reduced. It did have a much younger appeal. Um, so I think, honestly, a lot of it comes down to knowing their audience. If your audience is very generationally divided, that might be a nice guidepost to some decision-making about the design or the copy that's used. Um, so I, I think it's worth playing with that. Um, but again, you know, people love stories. Um, they like to know what's going on with the beneficiary. There are those who want to know some of the analytical side, so some performance metrics. Um, but a lot of that could be done through a very easily understood infographic or something that tells that story without having to devote a lot of copy space to. Good. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the giving trends that we know right now, right? So mm -hmm. in giving in the United States, money is up, but the number of people giving money is, is down. It's not, as, it's not sort of tracking that same trajectory. What's your thoughts and views on that? Well, if you look at, um, I mean, there, this year is going to be a defining year for giving um, with the new tax law in effect. What I'm hearing is that a lot of that's going to be come down to um, household income and the degree to which um, households receive some benefit from their giving. Of course, what we know from research is that um, lower income households typically give regardless. Um, higher, the higher you go um, within household giving, 
um, their giving becomes, I'll use the word strategic, although I don't always know how strategic it really is, um, <laughs> but it becomes um, giving is not, uh, might be a little more um, spotted and the uh, percentage of household give or household income that is done through giving uh, tends to decrease. Um, so a lot of that I think is yet to be known. But overall, yeah, I, I think a lot of that is going to be based on the individual organization, which really is a call for fundraiser, fundraisers to really know your cause and know your donors. Sure. All right. So one last question. Any sort of parting words right now in, in terms of campaigns that you want to mention? I honestly, the thing that has been a really great takeaway, I think, for a lot of our clients is to continue to invest in learning and growing as a professional. What we found, and I'll use the digital um, tools as a, an example here, we come to our clients with the same base of knowledge, and it is really interesting to see which of those clients take the time to learn those tools for themselves so that they can do it on their own um, versus those who maybe want to hire outside help, but they don't want to adopt new practices into their campaign work. So I guess any parting um, comments I would make would be to always keep growing. I think this is a field that is very interdisciplinary, and there's a chance to learn new skills that may not be um, taught in a way that says, here's what you can do for your fundraising campaign, um, but they are tools that you absolutely could apply to your fundraising campaigns. Wonderful. Heather, thanks so much. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate the chance. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Heather, for joining us on this edition of the Achieve Podcast. And thank you for listening. We really appreciate the opportunity to bring you this information as well as all the information related to our Festival of Children Foundation sponsors and partners. Look forward to keeping you in touch and informed in the future. Take care and all the best.